0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Live On Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live On Purpose Radio. Joining me today is Derek Stone. Thank
1: you, Dr. Paul, for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Derek, I'm so excited that you're here. I was just going to mention this book that you wrote caught my attention. Why should I forgive? Absolutely. Boy, there's a lot of good answers to that.
1: Yeah, there are.
0: <laughs> I think we might get into that. Now, you've had quite a journey. Absolutely. Um, you, were, you were working to, to support your family as a, as a struggling artist, mm-hmm. and you had one of those pivot points, one of those shifts that came in your life, because I think you're doing something totally different now. Absolutely. But some of what allowed you to do that was this forgiveness and being able to let go. Would you share with our audience here today, a little bit about that story. Give us a little taste of, of who Derek Stone is and, and why we're here.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I grew up in Mobile, Alabama, and then moved to Tupelo, Mississippi, and was just a, a tried for years as a, as a musician just to make it. It's about 14, 12 to 14 years. I really just tried to um, really pursue that dream. And um, when I got to Nashville, just it was just this situation where there was – it was like the dangling carrot situation, right? So you just, the moment when you you're just like, I've exhausted everything I can do, something would just happen and it would push you forward. And, um, I started getting in 2011, I started getting into construction just kind of to pay the bills a little bit. I Mm -hmm. was kind of a stay at home dad at the time. Um, and my wife was working. She was a store manager at a baby clothing store. And she got mad at me when we did taxes because she was working all these hours, and I was only working three days a week. And I made $7,000 more than she did. So ah, <laughs> she said, she said, I'm coming home and you're going to do this full time. I said,
0: okay, right, we need to empower so, you to do
1: this. Derek. That's right. Right. So she was super, she was super uh, mad about that, but it just empowered her to just make a decision to come home and, and really just kind of push me forward. So, mm-hmm. but if you move forward a couple of years to 2014, the business was just, it was crazy. It was growing like crazy. Something in my schedule had to give, we didn't know what was going to happen. So, the construction business was providing for my family way better than the music ever did. And so I just chose to walk away from the music business. Uh-huh. And, um, and then that, and then the next year, 2015, we quadrupled in size. So, um, it was, uh, wow, yeah. And then, and then on into 2017, we, we had 28 people working for us, working for 14 different builders and uh, we, we, we broke $1.2 million in revenue. So,
0: <laughs> wow. Not yeah. what you planned.
1: Not what I planned. No, it wasn't. And, and what happened was, is where the story of the forgiveness comes is what I grew up, you know, my mom and that dad were divorced when I was five. And, um, my mom moved us into a section eight government project housing, uh, a neighborhood in Mobile. And, um, from eight to 12, we were, she had moved this, this gentleman in that was actually a neighbor and got married to the guy. Um, and me and um, I'll speak for me, but there's four siblings, but uh, I was sexually abused from eight to 12 and um, by this gentleman and um, she finally figured out they got a divorce, you know, and then, and then we moved on. And so what happened was I was looking for somebody to blame for all the things that had happened to me as a kid, you know, and, and, and when I went to, when I did over a million dollars, I wanted to look back to see what it was to trigger my, people say, don't look back but I wanted to look back to see what it was that had triggered my journey to success. And it came back to two situations. Uh, one was in when I was 19 years old, I was faced with a choice at a conference to forgive my dad. And instead of walking out, like I wanted to do, I heard this overwhelming voice say, Derek, I want to use you, but I can't because you have all this bitterness towards your dad. Oh, wow. and, um, I want, you know, I need you to forgive him. And then that's where the question, the title of the book, why should I forgive came? It says, why should I forgive him? out of a place of discontent and anger. Mm. And, you know, because he wasn't there, you know, I felt like it was his job to protect us and you know, all this stuff happened, you know? And so, um, as all those feelings and memories started playing through my head, like a time-lapse video, I, um, I heard that voice come back to me and say, as if I didn't just holler at it in my head. Um, it says, but I'm the father to the fatherless. And I wanted to know what that was like so bad that I said, you know what, if you'll give me that, I'll forgive my dad. Uh, and, and they on the floor for two hours at this conference, I forgave my dad, my mom, because I felt like she had kind of put some of that. she was kind of naive and had put me in some of those situations and Over. you know, the abuser, um, you know, anybody that I felt like had harmed that it kind of came to my heart. I just forgive him at that moment. And what happened was I no longer felt like I had to live behind that facade that I've been keeping up the facade I've been keeping up was I'm a party looking for a place to happen, you know? And then that was just me trying to hide and cover up everything. And, um, I also was carrying around this burden. I was just so just this burden. And, um, when I got up off the floor that day, I no longer had that burden on my shoulders to carry. It just wasn't there. And so, um, so that transition, I started praying that that God would restore the relationship between me and my dad. And six years later, my dad calls me up in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, he says, Hey, you got a second to talk. And I said, yeah. And he said, um, look, I don't, I don't want to be known as somebody who walked out on their kids and I want to be involved in your life and in my grandkids life and, and you know, your brother's and sister's life. And, um, you know, I I just want to ask if you'll forgive me for the way I've treated you guys for the past 10 years. And um, I put a big old smile on my face, man, cause I've been praying for that for a hot minute. And um, yeah. I put a big smile on my face and said, God, look, I, you know, dad, I forgave you a long time ago, but I've been praying for this day for a while. And what that led to was um, a couple months after that, you know, we went to Thanksgiving up there and he came down for Christmas and, you know, a couple of things that happened, we started building that relationship and we're in a great place, you know, these days. And, um, <laughs> and and what happened was i asked him for the fatherly blessing like like they talk about in like the bible and the old testament and stuff and and that was the second decision so the first decision was me making the choice to forgive my dad and all the people that hurt me the second decision was that me asking my dad for the blessing and then what he spoke over me was like getting knighted man it was like crazy uh when, when it happened and then my life just skyrocketed after that we made the move to nashville we started the business and everything started going uphill, you know, cause I could just walked outside my apartment. I was like, God, there's gotta be a better way to do this. I mean, so, so all of it, when I look back, it triggered those two points, those two trigger points, the, the fact of me forgiving my dad, then me asking for my, that, that blessing uh, changed the trajectory of everything.
0: Wow. Derek, there's so many powerful elements to this story. Mm-hmm. As I hear you share this, I'm thinking of so many people that I have talked to who who are hesitant. They're, they're refusing, they're waiting, they're uh, not willing to forgive. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think they have this perception that somehow that lets somebody off the hook or that's, you know, some kind of a gift they're giving to somebody else.
1: Absolutely. And,
0: and I'm hearing from your story, a very clear mm-hmm. example of how, choosing to forgive. I'm glad you used that word. You chose to Absolutely. forgive. that freed you. That, that let a burden off of your shoulders that you didn't need to carry anymore.
1: Right. It did.
0: It, 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 it sounds like you would uh, probably endorse this idea of it. Derek, I don't think you'd be where you are right now. Had you chosen to keep the burden?
1: Absolutely. You no way. That? Absolutely. No way. There's no way I'd be where I am today. Uh, you can't be happy and grateful with, with resentment and bitterness and, and uh, yeah. anger in your heart. And, and that's a, to me, that's a key to success is, is ju- choosing to be happy too. But when you say choosing forgiveness, it's 100% a choice. And, and listen to me out there. You're not, you're not justifying what somebody did to you. No, you're allowing yourself to move on emotionally to a better place. And so, because what happened to you, it sucks and it was wrong, and you're right, it should not have happened, but it did. We can't always choose what happens to us. And we can't always control that, but we can choose mm-hmm. how we let it affect us.
0: Derek, I'm going to ask you a really personal question.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I know you're a man of faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've, you've revealed that and what you've shared with us already. Um, you felt that that God himself intervened here mm-hmm. and and let you know what you needed to do right um here's the personal question uh you're talking about your father your Mm -hmm. dad Mm
1: -hmm.
0: not not this man that had abused you over those years Mm -hmm. when your mother was married to somebody else is that accurate yeah how have you applied what you've learned there to the man who abused you
1: same situation you know I was just really? looking for somebody to blame and I just looked for somebody to blame. And in that, in that setting, I, he was one of the people on the list that got forgiven in that, in that two hour minute, you know, setting. You um, included
0: your abuser.
1: I did. Mm-hmm.
0: That's not easy.
1: Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, but, but at the end of the day, you know, it's like, I knew I wanted a better life and that's part of this journey. You have to, where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? Who do you want to be? and, and finding that purpose, you know, I was looking for anything that could help me get there. And when I saw this kind of writing on the wall was like, you got to let go of these past hurts. That's kind of what pushed me into the direction to get me there. Right. You know, doing that inner cleansing and yeah, it wasn't easy. Um, It wasn't. uh, And for me, it's just one of those situations where it's kind of like a one and done in this moment, there was so much healing that happened. And honestly, what has happened wow. for those people that ha- have, are listening, the true healing really didn't start happening for me. Yes. I forgave him, but the true healing didn't start happening to me until I started to let people know about the story. Until I started telling people out loud, Hey, you know, look, I was, I was in this situation too, you know, and, and or I was in this situation, you know, you're dealing with something, but let me tell you what I went through and it offered healing to other
0: people. And, <laughs> Isn't that a beautiful compensation? Yeah, it is. I, I think about this, Derek. I mean, you—you you received such a gift when you chose to forgive
1: mm-hmm.
0: your dad, this man who abused you, and and the whole list. Because we carry a list sometimes, don't for we? For sure, for sure. It, you chose to let that go, mm-hmm. and I want to reiterate right here that your choice to forgive. Does not mean that what these people did to you was good or okay or no problem. Exactly. Yeah. There is nothing I can think of that is okay about abuse. Right. And so there's no justification for that. And and quite frankly, Derek, uh, as a man of faith, I think you would acknowledge that you don't have the power to forgive someone of their misdeeds. Mm -hmm. You don't have that kind of authority.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: When you forgive, it's like, it's like they say in Alcoholics Anonymous, they say, let go and let God. Mm -hmm. It's like we're stepping out of God's way and letting him do his work.
1: Yeah. It's interesting you say that because like, you know, the disciples asked Jesus, how do we pray? Mm -hmm. And he said, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Uh That as we part. So many people overlook that as we part, man, like. Yeah. You know, like so many people don't understand that they're causing their own torment because like, they're not me, forgiving. But me. I'm
0: gonna hold the grudge forever and ever.
1: For sure. And and, and you had, you you spoke about something earlier I wanted to come back to was the fact that you know people hold their forgiveness, forgiveness as it's a gift to bestow upon people who are worthy.
0: Yeah. And
1: my friend, nobody's ever gonna be worthy oh, of your forgiveness.
0: Don't wait for that.
1: True forgiveness happens when you give it away freely. Yeah, you know, for me, my forgiveness journey. You know, when 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 I feel like God looks at me, He sees Jesus on the cross. You know, mm-hmm. and on the other side of that, you know, when 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 you're looking at forgiveness and you're like, "But you don't know what happened to me." I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. But but when you look at this, is that you know, so many times in forgiveness. For true forgiveness to happen, something has to die, right? That's why Jesus died for our sins, right? So something has to die. When you look at that, and to me, I, I outlined in the book, it's the thought of what could have been. Mm. What could my life have been like if I had my innocence?
0: Uh, you know what, Derek, what? As, we, as we come back from our break, I want to explore that a little bit with you. Sure. As, as we hang on to what could have been, we miss out on what could be. For sure. Let's, let's jump into that as we come back from this break. Folks, this is Derek Stone at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. drpauljenkins.com And we're back. Derek Stone at Live On Purpose Radio today. Derek, you've got me thinking. What a, what a powerful story you have about forgiveness. Is as, as we were going into the break and talking about something has to die.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what is it that has to die? Sometimes it's, it's our idea of what our life should have been, or could have been. Right. And we don't know. No, we don't. That's a psychological error that we make. You know, we think that we've got this picture of exactly what it would have been like had this not happened to us. Mm -hmm. And as we cling to that image, we miss (laughs) out on what could be now. Or what we're powerful to create if we were to let go of it. I had one of my mentors once say, where would you be without this story? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there's so many elements to the story.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Tony
1: Robbins says, you know, if you're going to blame somebody, blame them at a hundred percent because like you are who you Mm -hmm. are today because of those situations, you know, that's a tough pill to swallow.
0: Do you want to give him credit for all of your successes too? (laughs) because you know honestly what what has shaped you into the person that you are right now Mm -hmm. it's the sum of all of your experiences up to this point including all of the mistreatment and abuse and offenses that have occurred right right so powerful i think your story is a really great example of that derek you've learned from your experience how to do this right and I know that there are some of our listeners today who are carrying burdens that they might be well served if they could do exactly what you did to let go of it, to mm-hmm. empower themselves and move forward. Where would you steer us from a practical standpoint about how, how do you do this? How do you implement it?
1: Well, one of the big things that I really want to push people to, 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 to think about is finding a quiet place that, that you can just sit for a minute and, and think about this kind of stuff and really defining the purpose and where you want to go in your life. Because without, without that, you really have no reason to change. you got to, humans have to be motivated to change Uh, in any story. They have to be motivated. So what, what's going to motivate you? Where do you want to go? Who do you want to be? And what do you got to do to get there? When you can define that the second role is like outlining the people in your life who encourage you, who discourage you, who lift you up and who tear you down. And those people that are discouraging you and tearing you down, you have to do a real big gut check right here. And you have to say, all right, this person is not uplifting in my life. They're tearing me down. I might need to think about moving them out of my life. Um, and that's, that's tough for some people, but I call it cleansing your surroundings because like if they're not lifting you up, then they're tearing you down. And why have negative negativity is contagious. And, and why have those people in your life when, when it's a choice you make to have those people in your life?
0: You know, I had so, a thought, Derek, as you shared that, because it's not always people who are even physically present mm-hmm. in your life. Sometimes yeah. we get to clear people out of our space mentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. thinking of a client that I had who was carrying a grievance, um, being strongly influenced by her stepfather Mm -hmm. who had sexually abused her over a period of 10 years. Mm -hmm. And to move him out of her life is an interesting idea because he had died 10 years before I met her. Mm -hmm. He had physically left
1: Hers, yeah.
0: Her life. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess he's in the planet somewhere. Sure. But, yeah. uh, but he he wasn't here. And the only mm-hmm. place he was present was in her own mind. So I just wanted to acknowledge mm-hmm. that sometimes that cleansing of your space, that uh, revision of your social network, is, is purely a mental experiment. Mm-hmm. But, but you're talking about, hey, you may want to just check out who you're hanging out with and whether that's serving you or not.
1: For sure, it's like the law of averages. You know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and and to me, Andy Andrews is a is a big. He he doesn't know it, but a mentor of mine. <laughs> oh. um, but um, he talks about you know you can hang out with chickens and learn how to scratch and squabble over crumbs, scratch at the ground and squabble over crumbs, or you can hang out with eagles and learn to soar to of great heights. Mm-hmm. And and to me, when so much of forgiveness in that regard is because you know, kind of going back to that point of, of something has to die. And then sometimes when we cast hurt upon other people and we have to ask for those, for, you know, those people to forgive us, sometimes we beat ourselves up with so much shame that shame uh, turns into the, you know, I'm not enough, you know, and then that turns into anger and then that turns into, you're going to hurt somebody that's near close to you. That's your husband, your wife, your, your children, You know, those are the people who love you the most, you know, and that's one of the other keys why you need to get rid of this, this grudge or this grievance that you have. And we talk about take responsibility for your life. And what that looks like is this, this, this idea of not playing the victim anymore, because when you play the victim, you're giving the person that offended you so much power over your life. At some point you have to draw a line in the sand and say, no more. I have to take responsibility for my own situation to get to where I want to go.
0: That's right. Powerful. I think you've given us like two practical steps so far mm-hmm. to, to examine your motive. Take some time to quiet the, mm-hmm. the noise so that you can get clear about your why. Uh, cleansing your, your space, your social network, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, what's next?
1: So we call this open heart surgery, which is the third step. And inside the open heart surgery part, we take care of how to make an informed decision. So many people are never taught that. And basically using your goal as a filter for every decision you make. Um, And then we take take responsibility for your own life. We deal with, after that, we deal with the self-critic who beats us up a lot. And then the cost of bitterness and and how it affects your life and those around you. And then we talk about the waiting room, which is sometimes we're just waiting for for a door to open so we can get us out of the situation we're in, if you're stuck. Um, and then out that that last the fourth step is really just surrendering the outcome so many times we fight battles that just aren 't ours to fight, but sometimes we still have to show up and and giving that over to me to a higher higher power. so many times when i 've wanted to go out and physically fight somebody, I have to take a step back and take a deep breath and then and then get some perspective there 's a big big part, getting some perspective. Uh, where you take a step back and you look at uh, where, why are they making this decision, you know, mm-hmm. and surrendering that outcome to a higher power. A lot of the times when I want to, I want to go fight my own battle. It's like, you know, I just have to take a step back and say, you know what, God, I'm going to give this to you. You're in control of that person. I'm not, maybe they made this decision because they just absolutely had to make this decision. And, and I'm just going to leave it in your hands. You know, what's best for them. You know, what's best for me. I'm just going to move forward. And what that does is it releases so much mental capacity in your in your heart too. To just keep moving forward, to live, to fight another day, um, right? And then, kind of that last step is is gratitude. You know, happiness yeah. and gratitude are two different sides of the same sword of joy. You know, if you want, if you wonder like I'm just not happy, I'm not happy, I'm not happy. Well, you got to examine yourself a little bit and figure out why you're not happy. If you're not happy, a lot of the times that goes to a direct root of bitterness and anger and resentment because you're holding on to something that you just can't, you can't be a happy, grateful, right. joyful person. If you're having all this, all this anger, resentment and, and pain that you're holding on to.
0: Ah, such a richness in all of that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking about one of the core principles that I teach, Derek, and it, it has to do with this uh, dichotomy, two different paradigms that we can attach to the victim paradigm
1: Mm -hmm.
0: or what I call the agent paradigm. Mm -hmm. And everything that you're talking about, I think, fits so nicely into that that model. It is a choice, as you pointed out earlier. Mm -hmm. Until we see it as a choice, it's not. Mm -hmm. And as we take some of these practical steps that you're talking about, your fourth step, for example, when you talked about surrendering the outcome, Mm -hmm. I I use this in my coaching all the time. (laughs) Like with parents, for example, Mm -hmm. parents don't control the outcomes for their kids. Right. And so a powerful step is to detach yourself from the outcome. That's another way of saying surrender Mm -hmm. uh, the outcome. You detach yourself from that. So emotionally, you're going to win or you're going to lose. And either way, you're good. Right. Right because you're going to learn something or you're going to gain something that I, I found that our experiences are perfect for us and your idea of forgiveness and how you're applying this
1: mm-hmm.
0: feels to me like a way to claim your life
1: for real back for real.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rather than surrendering it to circumstance or, mm-hmm. or evil villains who have hurt you in the past. Mm hmm. You know, yeah, films, you think about the hero stories, Derek, the, the villains are there to illuminate right. the hero.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the hero always has a guide. They always have a guide um, yeah. where, where somebody is, is showing them, you know, you look at Yoda and Luke Skywalker or Obi-Wan and Luke Skywalker, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that he has these guides to get, you know, to face his fears. And um, right. you know, people are, people are scared. I get it. You know you're scared to make that decision. This is the thing. If you've ever had an ingrown toenail, this is a terrible example. But I'm going to say it again. Anyway. If
0: you've ever had <laughs> an we're ingrown going there anyway. If you, if you
1: ever had an ingrown toenail, you know that you most of the time you, it happens when you're a kid. You know, and then one parent will hold you down while the other parent uses a multiple uh, uh, situation of tools or, or random stuff to try to get this toenail out and you're screaming bloody murder, but yet you would walk for two weeks on this ingrown toenail before you even said anything because you know, you know, without a doubt, it's going to be painful and excruciating to get (laughs) through this. Well, see, this is the thing says, you know, so many people don't be the person that will run from the pain that they don't know to stay in the pain that they do know. And then the pain that they don't know will lead to their freedom. Yeah. You see, when that toenail, you know that pain sucks. Yes, it does, but man, when you get done with it, guess what happens? It's it's you're free of the pain.
0: Freedom, freedom. Yeah. yeah. So. I love, yeah, I didn't know we'd talk about ingrown toenails today.
1: <laughs> but, I just have had some in my past, anyway. So that's a, you know, because it, it is excruciating. It's crazy, but it leads to freedom.
0: It's a good image, and we I love what you said about don't let the pain that is unknown. Mm -hmm. have you staying in the pain that is. Right. I know that those aren't exactly the words that you use, but that's kind of how I caught it. Yeah, yeah, it is. Derek, you're teaching and sharing this uh, through your book, through uh, speaking and other ways that you're able to inspire people. Uh, It's kind of like your new construction project. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. It's a new baby. Your your book is called Why Should I Forgive? Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's, there's other things that you're offering to people. How can they find you? How, what's the best way to contact Derek stone?
1: They can go to Derekstone.online, which is D E R E K S T O N E.online. And, uh, you can grab a copy of the book there. You can grab, uh, you can check out what's going on with me and you can also jump on my Facebook and Instagram feeds. So,
0: Oh, Well, you're doing some good work in the world, Derek, and I appreciate you sharing your story with us here today at Live On Purpose Radio. Thank you so much. It's an honor. Folks, it may be painful. Don't be afraid of that, because what you're doing is painful, too. So let's get on to some freedom, as we've discussed here with Derek Stone at Live On Purpose Radio today. It is now time for all of us to go live on purpose.